I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their Have you gotten Rommel yet? Good morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time, 50 burger time, shutout time. If both of those things hadn't happened, it, it would have been a big disappointment time. Let's be honest, Tennessee Tech is, is just not good at football time. Whatever time of day it is, boys and girls, it's the right time for the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on a very pleasant Saturday evening here in God's Own Knoxville, Tennessee, coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio, just a couple of miles away from Neyland Stadium, where my co-host of this program and I were for a good portion of this day, Tennessee winning 56 to nothing over Tennessee Tech. And since it's a post-game podcast, you know we're going to that undisclosed location to speak to the one and the only Patrick Brown. Pat, my man, what is going on? How are things? Just uh just uh, generally speaking, buddy, how you doing? Uh, everything's good. I have no complaints. That's good. That's good because, you know, it's like I say all the time, who would listen to him anyway, right? Who would care? Who, right. Who would care? It's like when I tell people all the time, I'm not complaining about Josh Heupel not talking about injuries. I'm just saying he doesn't do it. Uh, he just he just doesn't, he doesn't do those things, uh, which is interesting when you've got like 10 guys you're not playing in a game, but – that's where things are. Again, not not making that uh, not a complaint, uh, not a criticism, just a comment, an observation. Uh, Tennessee did, however, uh, without those guys, had no problems, beat the the breaks off Tennessee Tech fifty six to nothing. I saw this this crazy stat. Um, I don't know if you saw this after the game, Pat. I don't know if you follow the uh, ESPN stats and info Twitter account. Do you follow that? I do not. They had a they had a there was a pretty good tweet. Uh, today or tonight of course of all the college football games today i'm not really sure why espn stats info is is uh tweeting out stuff about the vols but but they are and here here's their their stat tennessee's past three games against tennessee tech 56 to nothing win on saturday 55 to nothing win in 2016 68 to nothing win in 1951 the vols are the first fbs team in history with three consecutive 55 point shutout wins against a single opponent in the Associated Press poll era since 1936. Well, that's my question to you is, uh, which one, uh, which member of the staff predicted that Tennessee would win this game 56 nothing? Please that's, enlighten me. That's an excellent point because I was wondering how long it would take you to mention this, and it was, let's see, less than three <laughs> minutes you got this in. Well, I, I should have mentioned it earlier, in all honesty. It's true. Uh, it, I, I'm I, slipping. I, I told you this after the after the game when we were talking about this, or late in the game, we were talking about this. I think I've been at, at Go Balls 24-7 for like 11 years, whatever, since wherever we were day one. And I think maybe once I've called like the exact score of a game. Uh, got close to this one. I had 55-3. You, however, were right on the money. 
uh, you were 56 to nothing. I, I'm a, 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 you know, horseshoes, hand grenades, lemonade, close doesn't count. You were right on it, buddy. 56 to nothing, you called it. And if I had known that Tennessee was just, you know, not going to, you are just going to say screw the field goals all day long, I, I, I might have had a, an even seven number, but uh, did not because Tennessee was just going YOLO on pretty much every fourth down. Well, you're also forgetting that Tennessee Tech did try a field goal. They missed it. So I had to sweat that one out. But It's true. It was wide right. And, and I would just like to point out, regardless of my uh, record in the pick which I, I don't know how I'm doing this week, uh, I also correctly picked up the score of Tennessee's game against Auburn last season. So Did you confirm you that? Really look at, did you confirm that? Yes, I picked 30-17. to 17. That would be was the final. Um, so if, if we're keeping track here, that's two correct on – the mark Tennessee score predictions in the last seven games, I think. Yeah, that's true. And there also was late in the game when Tech was in field goal range, but it got a 15-yard dead ball penalty after the third down play, which backed up the fourth down to where it would have been like a 58-yard field goal attempt, and it, it just punted the ball. But, you know, regardless, that's nailing it right on the money. And I got to say that there's a lot of things we can say about this game, a lot of things that we will say about this game. We'll save a little bit of discussion on Florida for the second segment. Obviously, we've got an entire week coming up to discuss the Gators, who really, really gave Alabama a fight on Saturday down in the swamp. And if you're Tennessee, maybe you're hoping for a bit of a hangover effect, perhaps, after that one, because that was an emotional loss for the Gators, 31-29, not getting uh, not getting a two-point conversion there late in the game on just a really terribly executed uh, two-point. I don't know if it was the call or, or the execution of the call. Either way, it was bad. But uh, you're not here to talk about the Florida-Alabama game. You're here to talk about the Tennessee-Tennessee the Tech game. And, and Tennessee goes into this game, and there's a lot that we still don't know because, to be candid, Tennessee Tech is is not good at, at football. It, it got blown out by uh, both Furman and um, – by both Furman and what was the who was their opener? Pat, it was Sanford. Sanford and Furman, their private schools uh, there in the first couple of weeks, got blown out in both of those games. And if you're going to get blown out by those guys, going to Neyland Stadium to face even a Tennessee team that's not great by Tennessee standards, you probably know how that's going to go. And Tennessee, after going uh, after punting on the first possession, and then I believe scores on uh, seven. Uh, let's see here, what's that? Seven of the next eleven possessions or seven of the next 10 possessions Tennessee scores on. Uh, and then after that, there's also a defensive touchdown with Solon Page the third, uh, returning a, a, a punt, uh, an interception for a touchdown, I should say. Very first opening kickoff of the game, Valus Jones Jr. would have returned it to the three-yard line, but it got called back with a holding penalty. This was always going to be kind of a one-way traffic deal, but Tennessee goes into it. No Joe Milton, no Jabari Small, no Cooper Mays. Um, you have no... Uh, no Jawan Mitchell, uh, no, that's your first team at a linebacker not out there. Even the punter, Paxton, Bro- Paxton Brooks, isn't out there. Three uh, rotation defensive linemen are not in the game. A lot of guys not in this game, but it, it was never really going to matter, was it? No, and, and for me, the the uh, for, for me, there were two things going about this game, Wes. It was – can they play cleaner and do some of the things or, or avoid some of the things that they did last week that cost them that Pittsburgh game, which we should point out today, Pittsburgh lost to Western Michigan. Yeah, that was a, which that was a wild got, game. Got beat by 34 by Michigan in their opener. So that that's uh, – uh, uh, and it does, doesn't – you know, that, I don't know what that says about Tennessee. It just says that Tennessee 
blew that game and gave that game away, which we knew at the time, right? It's, yeah, it's, some of that's it's pit, a though. Different... Yeah, pit football has always been – that's the story of pit football, though, is playing one – you know, getting a good win one week and then being terrible the next week. So. Well, well, that and that's for college football. For everybody outside of the, you know, the top however, however many teams is, you know, what you do one week doesn't really have a bearing on you next week, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, what did Tennessee do differently from that game the things that cost them that game, did they do some of those things differently? And so uh, you look at Tennessee had the penalty you mentioned on the opening kickoff. They only had three penalties. Yep. They only had two other penalties. Other than I think they both holdings. I know one was a holding on Darnell Wright. One was Darnell um, Wright, and another one I believe may have been on a special teams play. Maybe I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to be wrong yeah, about that. Yeah, and then there was. Um, you know, then you look at turnovers. Since he finally got turnovers, and as it happens, sometimes they come in bunches. Uh, and they got four of them today. And only had one uh, that ho- Hooker uh, lost a fumble. Yeah, I hit pretty good. He put another one on the ground that it looked like he for sure was going to lose after they botched the mesh point, but you got a fact. Uh, so they were better there. Um, and then you look at that, some of the downfield shots, and, and Hooker took some early. Uh, Jonathan Payton dropped the first one. Hooker overthrew the second one. They got it right on the third one for the touchdown where, where Payton made a pretty good play because Hooker put a throw where he gave him a chance. And that's what Tennessee's quarterbacks have to do. They have to give these guys a chance to go make a play. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Hooker missed another one to Tillman. So a little bit of good, a little bit of bad. Uh, so that was one angle I looked at it as it, that I looked at this game. But you would expect, frankly, Tennessee to not turn the ball over and not have a lot of penalties against Tennessee Tech just because of the talent disparity. A lot of times when penalties show up, it's either a lack of discipline or the other team is better than you. Like if you're – if you know, if your receivers are – if the other team's receivers are better than your defensive backs, you're going to get pass interference penalties. If their defensive line is better than your offensive line, you're going to get holding. That's kind of how it goes. Um, so you you would expect those things to, to look like they did today, and you would expect Tennessee to be cleaner. Um, and they didn't have any of some of the you know the the boneheaded penalties that they had against Pitt. So that was a, an improvement. But the other thing is is how is this team looking? What 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 concerns do we have about this team going into SEC play? And um, obviously they got to get the quarterback situation settled and the quarterback situation isn't the biggest concern on offense for me. Hot take alert right there. The biggest concern on this offense for me is the offensive line, which yes, yes. Uh, at one point today had Dane Davis and Ollie Lane on it. Um, and, and, that, and, then, and then Davis got hurt a couple times too during the game. Well, he, yeah, he was down after an extra point, but he, he was back in the game on the next series. But And, that, and, and Ollie Lane was only in the game because Kingston Harris got hurt. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about guys that a year ago, were not factors on this offensive line, not not in the two deep, and now they're starting, and and now you're sweating it when Kingston Harris gets hurt. So what happened is, is obviously Cooper Mays missed his second game today, um, and Cade Mays made a he, he saved the touchdown and, and KO'd a, a Tennessee Tech defensive back, but he left the game after that, um, and and that that's not, I mean they're not getting great offensive line play up the middle right now. I mean they. I mean, Tyon Evans' first five carries, I think, went for 11 yards. So, you know, they, they did hit some up later where they, they had a couple of 15-yard runs. Uh, but second, for the second straight game, Tennessee's quarterback is a leading is, is the leading rusher, and, and that's what it's going to have to be. Um, and, and maybe that shapes what Tennessee does at quarterback moving forward because obviously Hendon Hooker is your most mobile guy. But, um, you know, and, and the other concern I have is, is – kind of at safety right i mean uh they just that 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 in defending in the middle of the field in general um 
you know, I, I think a couple of plays that Tennessee Tech made or almost made in this game, they had one that was a drop that looked like a fumble at the time, right? That was a play on Trayvon Flowers. They hit a corner on Jalen McCullough. Um, you know, we saw it some last week where Tennessee just, you know, struggled to fitting in the middle of the field. So um, those are my question marks that come out of this game. I wouldn't put too much in this game. Um, I, I will go back and watch it because that's my job, but it's not going to like live long in the memory. Yeah, I think that uh, I actually do agree with your hot take alert there on on the quarterback situation. I, I do not think, and, and people use the word controversy because people, you know, just when you think of quarterbacks and it's unsettled, you call it a quarterback controversy. I'm not really sure it's a controversy. I mean, if, if Milton's healthy again, you know, if he gets healthier this week, and, and they, you know, Heupel said that during the week they tried to let, you know, cut cut Milton loose a little bit and see what he could do and they just didn't they didn't like what they saw they thought he needed just a little bit more time and I, the decision there remains it, it it is and again I'm going to say this a thousand times and I really want y'all to understand this the decision right now is between Joe Milton the third and Hendon Hooker that's the conversation right now this week in practice when Milton was not able to go Hooker took almost every single first-team rep all throughout the week. Heupel said that after the game on Saturday. There is no discussion there. It is Joe Milton III, or it is Hendon Hooker. And right now, I I walked away from this game with an alarm bell ringing about Tyon Evans having 15 carries for 41 yards. I put, frankly, a lot of stock in that loss last week on him not being able to play because I thought there were times where he, you know, Jalen Wright's just not great at pushing the pile yet. He's not, he, he's, he's younger. He doesn't physically, he's just not, that's not his game. That's not what he's really good at doing. Evans is someone I think who can do that. And him going 15 carries, 41 yards and one touchdown, 2.7 yards per carry in this game. That is a concern to me. Uh, that's a big concern. And the offensive line situation is a concern uh, but if you hear Heupel, you know, they run a lot of that, you know, outside zone type stuff, the inside zone stuff. you got to have tight ends who are really active and engaged blocking there too. And and Heupel admitted something I, that I've noticed um, on Saturday. He noticed something I've seen a couple times this year, which is the tight ends are also at times getting kind of beaten up uh, against the run. They're not, they're not blocking consistently well either. They're not hitting their marks. They're not holding blocks. They're not, you know, winning at the point of attack. And, and that kind of stuff really – really hurts you you've got that shotgun based running game you got the, the the running backs do not get a running start to get the ball they're they're coming to get it it's a little bit different you really need those tight ends to be pretty good there and and they're not right now consistently that is an issue that's something that is a big concern to me and right now almost all of Tennessee's best rushing plays are coming from the quarterback position and that is again reasons number 1,000 and 1,001 why I think they need to stick with Milton and Hooker right now because you have to be able to run the ball with some success sometimes to be good at football. I know Mike Leach and others say otherwise. You have to be able to run the ball sometimes. And in fairness, uh, Jabari Small has been out now for the past six quarters. Uh, Tyon Evans has been out for a, a good portion of the season. There's a lot of continuity helps there. But I thought they would be better in this area of the game, and they have not been. That is a big concern for me. Defensively, I agree about the safety position. Because you look at the defensive line situation, those guys were without three pretty important players today. 
and they still went out there, and, and you know, and, and Elijah didn't have a big game. You didn't hear a ton from Matthew Butler. But those guys, they went out there, no excuses. They went out there and got the job done again against an FCS team, uh, but they're getting pressure. They're doing these things. I, at safety, they've got some guys who I think can be pretty solid players. And what I heard from them in camp, especially with Flowers, made me think they could be pre, be pretty solid. And, Pat, they've just, they've just not been. Yeah, and uh, and again, you know, we have to take this game with a grain of salt, but there, you know, and, and that's not really been a, you know, that's not a new development. It's just oh, just today their their safeties are kind of a liability in coverage. But uh, I, I again, I think this defense has probably exceeded my expectations. Uh, I mean, they gave up six points in, in two games, and and then the other one they gave up forty one, but they. Uh, you know, we're giving, putting some tough spots. And even today, you know, their sudden change defense was pretty good. After the fumble, Tennessee Tech got the ball to 30, and, and Tennessee's able to uh, – they got a little fortunate that the trick play didn't quite work. That You know, they had a guy open there. They were a little fortunate there. But um, they were able to eventually get the stop and, and miss the field goal, and then you get the shutout done. And, um, you know, it, it's interesting – you know, you look at what they have at safety behind those two guys, and it's just two young guys, and into Mary McDonald and Christian Charles. Both those guys are really athletic players, but you know, can you trust them? And, and today was a chance for those two guys, maybe some other guys at linebacker and, and what have you, to, to get on the field and uh, and maybe show that uh, that the staff can maybe trust them more. So, um, yeah, I thought it was a good job by the defense. I mean, I, I thought they did what you kind of expect them to do in a game like this, and. Um, offensively there's just a lot of questions for me um it just seems like they can't get on the same page with these deep balls um and, and maybe when they do there's a couple guys that can't make the play you know Peyton had one early in the game you know Ramel Keaton had one from Harrison Bailey that he got a hand on that um wasn't the best throws a little inside um but you know I, I was always told my always told me that if you get two hands on the ball or if you get a hand on the ball you gotta make the play pitch in the hand you gotta catch it so yeah. That's fair. Um, and probably the other takeaway for me from offense this game is that Tennessee needs to – Bayless Jones needs to be a focal point. They need yes, to play that guy a for, lot. They forget that he exists sometimes, I think. And, and it's different. You know, I, I think he missed a lot of camp, right, with the hamstring issue. Um, but I think he only played like 15 snaps or something like that on offense last week. Uh, I mean, if you, it's not like the guys that are in front of him are lighting it up, right? Cedric Tillman or Javante Payton had a bunch of catches and yards and touchdowns be different. But I mean, Bayless's first three touches in the game were an 89 yard kickoff return. It uh, was just sheer will. Cause it looked like he was tackled about three different times. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he puts two guys on, on the deck with a little juke on a punt return. And then he turns a, a short little slant into a touchdown. I mean, he's got the ball. I mean, uh, I don't know. He's, you know, they're trying to work him inside and outside. Uh, he's a guy that has the speed to be a home run guy, but he also is, is, you know, he's pretty well built and he runs hard. So when he does get the ball, he's tough to tackle. Now, I don't think he's, you know, he's got a little subtleness to him. And, uh, and of course, you know, you're not going to look as fast against Florida as you against Tennessee tech, but that's besides the point. I mean, uh, with this offense, the way it is, you know, sometimes I got to, you know, flip the ball out quick to Bayless Jones and see what, see what you can happen. Don't you're going to have to, if this is a situation where you go to Florida and you have neither of the Mays brothers, you're going to have to, 
you're not gonna be doing a lot of running in between the tackles, right? You're you're gonna be trying to flip it out quick and, and scheme around one of your weaknesses. So um that that was probably the big takeaway for me, but uh but yeah, and I, I think the defense did well. I mean, you still see some bad angles from time to time. I thought their tackling was better, but again, these are things that you would expect to happen because they're playing Tennessee Tech. Yeah, you know, the thing about Bayless Jones Jr., I think I've said this gosh knows how many times the past couple of years, but we tend to associate, you know, like guys who are just like playing hard, high motor guys. We tend to think of like, you know, guys who aren't the most talented doing that or like guys who take four or five years in a program in order to get a chance to play, guys like that. But Valus Jones Jr. is a guy who has a lot of athleticism, but you just tell watching the game, that dude plays hard, man. He plays hard every week. Like, he, he he gets extra yards every week by just the way that he's out there battling and fighting for every square inch of real estate on that field. I mean, this is a game against Tennessee Tech, and this is not something that you would think a lot of guys would be just totally jacked up to go play, right? It's just you don't think of it like that. But he's out there. I mean, shrugging guys off, making guys miss. He's putting his head down and getting tough yards. He's out there blocking hard. He That guy just plays hard all the time. And, and I think he's a guy who you can tell why. You know, this was only his second season in the program, and he's already someone who went out there and represented the team at SEC Media Days. Just the way he goes about his business every day, he just plays hard. And he goes, he plays the game the right way. There's a lot to like about him, and I, for the life of me, I know he was dinged up a little bit to go into the season. I don't understand why they don't force the ball to him more or give him some chances, like you say, just flip the ball out to him. You know, or, you know, go hand the ball to him if you need to. Come in motion. Just give him the ball. Well, that that's, that kind of goes back to the main point I made is, is what can you take away from this game as they go into uh, – SEC play. It's not necessarily the performance. We're not, you know, we're not going to sit here and break down every play of this game, but we're going to see like, okay, what do we see and what trends, where, where are things at as you head into SEC play? And I think Bayless um, and, and something he said after the game, you know, last season, he was pretty open. I think he talked late last season after he had a couple of good games about kind of being discouraged, disappointed that he wasn't involved in more. I think he, uh, he was clearly a focal point of the offense in the South Carolina game last season, right? They got him the ball, some jet sweeps, threw him the ball, um, things like that. I think he had like five quote-unquote catches. Some of those were literally just kind of run plays. But he had a six-game stretch through the middle of the season where he had six catches. And Tennessee's offense was nose-diving at the time. Probably more of a face plant. Yeah, face plant. Um, so face you, plant, have, a, you have a chance to get a guy that, that can get you out of that and you don't, you know, you can't involve him in the offense more. Uh, and then he had, a, I think he caught a touchdown pass against Florida and had two against Vanderbilt. But um, he talked last season about sort of being discouraged and disappointed by that. And, and certainly in his mind, he decided to come back. They switched staffs. You see this offense. He talked about it all back in the spring about how excited he was playing this offense. And then going into the season, he doesn't have, I think he gets two targets against Bowling Green and then plays, you know, he caught three passes against Pittsburgh. But uh, I think, again, I think he played, less than 20 snaps on offense. So he's probably wondering again, why, you know, why is another slow start, another stretch where, why am I not being used more? Um, he had pretty, three pretty good kickoff returns against Pitt, but um, probably wondering why he can't get involved more in the offense. And he said after the game on Saturday that you know, he's just sort of taking it day by day. He didn't panic. Right. Yeah. Um, and so you're, you're thinking that this was a good time for him to show what he can do when he has the ball in his hands, a reminder that, 
to this coaching staff, hey, get me the football and let me make plays. That's what I can do. Um, and, and Heifel said they talked to him. There's some things that I think they're asking him to do or, or trying to they're trying to get him maybe work out some of the kinks that maybe he didn't get a chance to work out uh, during camp because he was slow and or not you know slowed by the injury. So I think that's where they are with him. But that was probably another one of my takeaways is that going into SEC play, this guy just stepped up and, and said, hey, get me the football. I can make things happen and I need to be more involved than I have been through three games. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been banging the drum on, on Tillman for a while, saying he's a guy that if you give him chances, he'll make some plays. And I, and I think we've, we've seen that already this season. And going back to the end of the last season, we're seeing that. We're, we're seeing that, you know, Jalen Hyatt is just an absolute burner. He's got to be one of the faster guys in college football. He he can get behind you in a hurry, and they, they're going to have to figure out a way to – you know, one make sure he's healthy and everything, which he looks to he looks to be. He was fine to go in that game uh, today, and they also need to get him. Uh, you know, just get him the ball because he's a guy who can make plays. Another guy is Jimmy Callaway, who mysteriously kind of wasn't out there much or, or if at all in the first half. Comes out there in the second half early, gets going, does some good things. Uh, but they've got some players there at wide receiver. They just they need to get things smoothed out to get him the ball. And if that means there's more times where they got to just you know what. Screw it. Here's a bubble screen. You know, here's a tunnel screen. Here's a here's a flare out. You know, here's a quick here's a quick square square ball, and you're gonna go do something with it. Just get them the ball and, and let them. Th- this might be you know one of the strengths of your team. I think you're gonna have to get them the ball because they're they're, they're guys that I think can produce. You got to run the ball, and they're gonna have to figure that out. But I, I just Pat, I could be wrong about this. I I think they're I think they're SEC good at that position group. I really do. Yeah, it's just they're, they're not not like right? not 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 like top not like top of the league or anything. Nothing like that. Don't I don't want people to take that the wrong way. I just think when you look at they've got a couple guys with some size. They got a few guys who are absolute burners. They've got some guys who are quick and can, and can do some things. They, they they've got different types of guys, and I think they have the ability to make plays at this level. I think, you know, I mean, look at a guy like Hyatt last year, flat out ran by Alabama a couple times. I mean, these guys can make plays. You just got to, you just got to get them the ball. Well, these guys getting open has not been an issue, right? Yeah. In these first three games, I mean, they've had guys open. They've gotten the looks that they want in this offense where, um, I mean, mean, how many times in these first three games have they had guys running behind defense? A lot. You got to get them the football. And and Hypel seemed at, as wits end about it today. I mean, uh, he is like one of the first questions he got was about how Hendon Hooker played. And he, you know, kind of threw some platitudes out there and says like, man, we got to get guys, you know, we're in the pocket and guys are behind the defense guy hit him. And then he got asked about a couple of the missed throws that they had. And he's like, Oh, you guys saw that too. Kind of like laughing. Like it's gotta be eating him up. Right. Cause um, as a coach, you're, you know, his offense is designed to do this, right? Yes. Like it's designed to, to get guys in space one-on-one, Get fast guys out in space, throw the ball deep. But that's that's what his offense wants to do, um, and, and they're getting the looks that they want to be able to throw that into it. Right? Um, it's one thing if you if you can you know if you design your offense. It's another thing for them to go out and do it. And, and I remember uh, thinking going into the Pittsburgh game, can these guys get separation? Because Pitt plays in your face. They got some pretty good defensive backs. And Tennessee had guys running open throughout that game, uh, and when guys are open behind the defense, you got it. So. Uh, and maybe there's a day in coming up in one of these SEC games where Tennessee's hitting on all those. I don't know who the quarterback's going to be. Um, and maybe that's the day they, they beat somebody they're not supposed to or put a scare into somebody or they, they win one of these toss-up games. But uh, 
they got to start doing that or otherwise the guys that they do have receiver, which I do think they have some good players. Um, it's all going to be for not right. Yeah. I mean, the last thing I'll say before we go to break here, we're a bit overdue for, for a break here is I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I, I think they, a lot, you hit on a good point there, Pat. A lot of these offenses are sort of designed to sort of set you up for later on. They wear on you physically, they get you tired physically, mentally, and then they kind of hit you late for some stuff. Josh Heupel's offense is designed to come out there with a chainsaw and slice you to death immediately. Like, they're going right for your jugular from the very first play of the game, and they do not let off the gas. They want to go fast. I mean, even in this game, we saw that, again, they're playing at a really fast tempo, but Typel says it's not even close to as fast as it should be. I mean, he is he's out there playing it like it's a video game. Like, he is out there, hurry up, throw it down the field, put pressure on you, make you uncomfortable – Go for it's like if you go for the jugular X amount of times, you're going to hit some of them, right? And 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 that's just what they do. And it's fun. And, and I think w- they're going to have some games where I mean, you, you we see the points they're putting up in some of these games. And again, the competition level is going to get better. But but they're they're doing a lot of things wrong offensively, and they're still putting up a bunch of points because this system works. It just works. It does. It's a good system. He's a good offensive coach. They just need to get some things ironed out. So we got plenty more to discuss. We're going to take a quick break, though. Uh, go step away for a second, pay some bills, listen to products, services, in-house ads, other fun things. Come back and talk a little bit more about Florida, get a jump start on that week, what we saw from this game and what it means going into Florida, and and what, if anything, Tennessee can do to go down to Gainesville and uh, try to put a charge into those guys uh, and give them a scare. We shall see. Back in a second. Hashtag ad. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast ebay motors is here for the ride remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease fresh installs and a whole lot of love you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own look to your left look to your right it's official no one's got a ride like this there's nothing else that sounds like feels like or looks like the set of wheels in your garage With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride-or-die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back to the Go Vols 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago. During that commercial break, Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Patrick Brown coming to you from, from there at an undisclosed location somewhere in the Knoxville area, as we like to call it, here on a beautiful Saturday night in God's Own, Knoxville, Tennessee. Talking about Tennessee's 56 to nothing win over Tennessee Tech on Saturday at Neyland Stadium, talking about what things mean going forward, uh, get a jump start on next week's 
a big game against uh, the Florida Gators down in Gainesville. Lots and lots to discuss, and we'll have a couple more podcasts throughout this week to discuss that, but we're going to get a head start on it now because, honestly, what else can you say too much about an FCS opponent? There's just not a lot you can say, not to be disrespectful to those guys. These games happen for a reason. Those guys need to get paid. Tennessee needs to get some reps to guys. That's why you play these games. It makes a lot of sense for everyone. They're just not always the most enjoyable to watch. So we got plenty more to discuss, and we will do that. But quickly, guys, uh, take 90 seconds out of your day right now. Please, please, please go in there just, just for 90 seconds. Uh, go in there and hit the subscribe button on this podcast. If you're just listening on the website, no problem with that. We love you. There's no wrong way to listen to this podcast. However, it really helps us out if you go into Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Pod, Google Podcasts, say that 10 times fast, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, anywhere in the world you can cast a fine pod, you can find the Go Boss 24-7 podcast. And we do this for free, and we're happy to do it. But all that we ask is that you go in there, hit the subscribe button. Please rate and review this podcast. There is nothing you can do out there that helps us more than that. It really helps us out. It doesn't take much of your time. And it helps us add more wolves to the wolf pack. And it helps us keep this thing going and keep it growing as we've done since we started it several years ago. It's been a fun ride. We're going to keep doing it. But we want to keep making it bigger. And we need y'all's help to do that. So please thank you for continuing to do that. Also go to GoBalls247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets, and get your best coverage of Tennessee athletics all the time. Pat, you hit on a couple things in that first segment that I think are really you know, sort of salient points going into into next week. Really, really important things. And you mentioned Tennessee safeties, and I'm really glad that you did because that's something we absolutely need to talk about, and I don't know that we've talked about it enough, or at least I haven't. You probably have. I have not. I have not well, thought about it enough. I haven't said it enough. But it is that and the linebackers, the middle of the field defensively against the pass, and I just keep thinking Dan Mullen is such a brilliant offensive coach. And he has got to watch that film and say, "Man, I can make hay here." Well, I don't. I don't. Are people tuning in to listen to us talk about the safeties that are veterans, and we've all seen them play? I mean, fair. Jalen McCullough and Trayvon Flowers are what they are at this point, right? Yeah, I mean, kind of. You know that you know, and, and, you'd like to think of Flowers, you know, because he's missed so much time earlier in his career that he'd be, you know, and he had such a great camp. There was hope there, but he's just, he's just, he he's, he hadn't been special so far. He really hadn't. Yeah, McCullough makes a you know makes a good play on the interception today with a cast on his hand. So um, I just and and again, there's a lot of levels of football where safeties are they're not the best in coverage. Um, and so, um, but again, I, you know, based on what we saw how Tennessee played against Pittsburgh, they play a lot of zone, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's maybe a little bit different um, than the previous staff where it was a lot of man. Um, and, and maybe that's maybe that's playing to, to the strengths of this team is that you're not going to put those guys in one on one situations. So you're going to do a lot of rush four and not put your linebackers and safeties in positions where they have to cover receivers and tight ends one on one down the field. Now you, you'll have to do that at some point because you're going to bring pressure. Right. Um, and, and, you know, kind of going back to what they did against Pittsburgh, I think there's Banks was picking and choosing when he brought pressure and when he didn't. And a lot of times when he rushed four, he played zone behind it. So. Um, that, that's a way to keep those guys maybe a little bit covered, right? But, um, you know, if, if those guys are able to make more plays on the football and, and generate some more interceptions, then that changes, right? And and that was a, a maybe a good sign that we saw today from safeties and, and linebacker still in page two, made a play on the ball and, and uh, looked like he was 
his hair was on fire under the end zone. Um, and, and, and Tamir McDonald made interception today too. So, um, good, good tape for those guys. And, and yeah, I think you're going to Florida that that's right. I mean, there's more tape on this defense now, but, um, as long as this defense stays healthy, I think they can play good enough to, uh, to keep Tennessee in games, but, um, and that's the trade-off with those, those veteran guys, the safeties as, as a coach, you know, those guys are going to be where they're supposed to be. Right. Yeah. They're going to be assignment sound. They're going to know what to do. They're going to communicate it. Um, they're going to be able to do that. And, and, and you lose some of that. If you go from one of them to McDonald, who is a sophomore or Charles, who's a freshman who primarily played quarterback. High school. So, um, that, that they're obviously not to that point. And that should be a surprise, right? Because this is this is those young guys for McDonald. He's learning his second defense as many years for Charles. Defense is still relatively new to him. So you're going to put those guys out there and you're going to trust them. And I think Tennessee secondary has been, they've been okay. They've been fine um, through the first three games. Uh, but again, there's still that mystery about this team where it's like, okay, these guys look a, a certain way through three games against two bad teams and Pittsburgh, who's kind of, you know, had a good game, right? I think Pittsburgh's good on offense. We know that. They put up 41 points in two straight games, right? You know, Pickett had, what, six touchdown passes there or something like that. So, um, that's a, you know, whatever. Yeah, he's he's, um, he's, a, he's a good player. He's going to do that. Even, I mean, he, he's going to do that to the ACC too, or a lot of teams in that league. He's just, I, I think Pickett's a good player. I do. Um, before we get to the to the quarterbacks, I we we need to take a moment and, and give a shout-out to William Mohan. That guy's fun to watch. He and Tamaria McDonald both are. <laughs> they are both really those uh, guys. Those guys both fly around the field and they hit people. I mean, when uh, and I think uh, Mike Eckler, Tennessee special teams coordinator, called. I think he called Mohan a real life. Was it dizzy? Yes, I think that's what it was. Yes. Um, I got it. I, I got to look it up so I don't. I don't want to miss it. Dizzles. My bad. My bad, Eck. Um, and it, it's, it's like Eckler has all, he, he's kind of a, he's kind of an oddball, but he, he has RLDs, which are his real live dudes, which is the guys he wants on special teams. The guys like Mohan McDonald, who are going to, you know, that's their play. They treat that special teams rep like it's games on the line, flying down there, hitting people. And he called Mohan a real life dizzle, which is a step up from that. So, uh, and we see Mohan do that. He's the transfer linebacker from Michigan, um, He's not like huge or really long or anything. He's just fast. Um, kid that Brian Jean Marie coached at Michigan and it's from Brooklyn, New York, I think. So uh, he got out there in the second half today and he was delivering some pain to some people. Yeah. Uh, I he, think he's. He, he and Tamari McDonald both, if you watch them on tape, they're guys who they really pop at you at times. Like they're both kind of. You know, at least in Mohan's case, you know he's kind of undersized for his position, but he is he he just he goes direct to the ball, and he is arriving in a bad attitude. And so right. so was I mean there was a couple times today where before even the pick, I mean Tamari McDonald just lit up some dudes. He those both of those guys hit hard. Yeah, I mean that I just, I just wanted to have a moment to point him out. Um, I, I don't know how close he is to being a factor on defense. Um, it sounds like it seems like they're still going to roll with the, those four guys at linebacker. I don't know how many more you can play with that. And that's one of the, you know, kind of going back to the safeties, that's kind of the trade off is um, I, I think Beasley and maybe Page are a little bit better in pass coverage. Mm-hmm. They are. Then than Banks and Mitchell, which kind of, you know, it was kind of puzzling rewatching the Pittsburgh game last week and seeing that 
Uh, like they had Paige on the field late when you knew Pittsburgh was running the ball. That's that's when you need those headhunting guys, linebacker Mitchell and Banks. And maybe that you know, maybe Mitchell was hurt then. That's why he didn't play it Saturday. But um, but yeah, I, I don't know how close Mohan is into getting in the rotation there. But he's doing great on special teams and uh, yeah, he, he's played really well on special teams so far this season. Yeah, Mohan's doing a lot of the stuff that I thought Morvin Joseph might do. Uh, to this point in the season, if that makes sense, he's he's doing some of those really sort of you know electric athletic plays that that I've seen that I thought Joseph's capable of because Joseph has that kind of he has that tool in his bag too. He, he's a guy who can really go out there and swing it. I mean, he can hit you and, and those guys. Um, but but Mohan is I, I, there's a long way to go with his development, and because of his size, I don't. You know that's always going to be kind of an interesting thing because he's 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 almost more of an edge rushing type, but he's built almost like a big safety or like a small linebacker, and, and, and he's he's an interesting player. But what he does, there is a place on any football team for a guy like that, and, and I I think that's I'm glad you brought him up too because he is fun to watch, and so is Tamari McDonald, and I got to think. To the to the previous point about those safeties, he's a guy. Christian Charles is another guy to watch moving forward. But 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 those those two guys right there at safety might be guys, and I don't know that they're going to dislodge those vets anytime soon. But I think for different reasons, it's fair to be a little bit excited about the potential of both of those guys in the next couple of years. I think they could be pretty good safeties. Yeah, yeah, that's the uh, long term future of the position, and um. And like I said, it, they got a chance to get a lot of those guys reps today. Um, and, you know, will it lead to more of them? I don't know. They haven't rotated in the secondary very much since the first game, and that was only at one cornerback spot. So I, I wouldn't look for them to rotate some of those guys. But um, maybe if it's a situation where one of those guys goes down, they get thrown in there, uh, there's a little bit more trust from the staff. So. Yeah, and, and there's no way around the fact that we have to continue talking a, about quarterbacks because going down to Gainesville has been a real crucible for many a Tennessee quarterback over the years, right? I, I mean, we don't need to go down the, 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 the list of horrors for whatever all those guys have been through down there because a lot of them have just been absolutely pummeled down there in, in more ways than one, and, and, and it's – it's tough because I understand why Tennessee is in the position it's in, but it's kind of a classic Tennessee situation to be in going into next week because, again, we're talking about the two quarterbacks who are the ones who are going to play when games matter right now, which, again, are Joe Milton third and Hendon Hooker. And I, at this point, 100% understand the reason why you would start either one of those guys right now. And, and I got to think if it's if it's so obvious that someone like me can notice it, I, I guarantee you Tennessee's coaches know that. And, and it, it, it's difficult because you, you keep seeing what these guys can do, these, these receivers getting downfield and having the ability to make big plays. And Milton's arm strength com- combined with that would be just – you could put up a lot of points if he could figure out how to accurately, consistently throw that ball. But will he? I don't know. I mean, that will, will that remains to be seen. And then Hooker, meanwhile, is not Josh Dobbs as a runner, but he's really damn close. 
He is really, really good as a runner. And he's not just – do you remember like later in Dobbs' career how he went from just being a guy who was fast to a guy who would flat run you over at times? How the, the way he would just kind of run with a really surprising amount of power. Hooker's doing some of that stuff too. He's, he's being really elusive, but he also will put the shoulder down and run through you. And the way Tennessee's struggling to kind of get some of the run game going, we'll see if they can get Small back and get Evans back in the flow after he missed a week of practice. That Those things matter. They really do. But I just – the way Tennessee is running the ball so – sort of erratically right now, I am not starting a quarterback who cannot run the ball if I'm them. I'm just not doing it. Well, both those guys can, can run the ball. Uh, I think Hooker is a, a more willing runner um, yes, yes. And, and than, than Milton is. Um, but the, the question to me comes down to, uh, I think Milton gives us offense more upside, but – Hooker may give you a better chance to win with the state of your offensive line right now, right? If neither of them can can hit the downfield pass, then uh, and you know, it's not going to really matter anyway. The, uh, the the question I have is first of all, obviously Milton's health is is the big question, right? Because yes, yes, if he's not healthy, he's not going to play. Um, and it doesn't sound like he was too close to playing oh, against Tennessee Tech, and they weren't going to risk him anyway, but. Um, uh, is and, and they're going to find that a hypo said after the game that, that the next couple of days and how he rehabs and continues to try to get back. I think it's I think it's a knee injury. Um, and, it's and, something and the way Hooker's playing wouldn't you, the way Hooker's playing wouldn't you try to hurry back? I mean, the way Hooker's doing some good things, he's also making mistakes. But the way Hooker's out there playing, if I'm Milton, my sense of urgency to get back is is as high as it can be. Well, yeah, I don't know why that would be any different, right? I mean. Players want to play, so whether he was, you know, regardless of what Hooker's doing, I think he would want to be back. Um, the, the, the difference is, is um, I, I and I posted this this week, I, I'm still not to the point where Milton is what he is at this point. I'm I don't not, think I'm I, there yeah, yet. I, I'm not there either. So you've got to exhaust that until you get to that point where he is what he is. I think Hooker is what he is. You know what you're going to get from him. You saw it in the second half against Pittsburgh. You saw it in this game against Tennessee Tech. He's going to be capable as a passer. Uh, he's going to he's going to allow you to do most of the things that you can do, want to do. Um, he's not great throwing the ball down the field. Um, really, none of them have been great to throw the ball. That's one. I need, need to point that out. But um, it, his arm strength is not Milton's. He can run better, um, and he's more willing, I think, to run. But he's also going to put the ball on the ground. And he's gonna, you know, he's got how many turnovers so far this season? You know, the interception against Pittsburgh had a fumble, had a fumble today. He's got three, and I think it could be five if, if, if you know, if, well, if, if other plays have been made. There's a botched mesh point in the first game. Is that on him or the running back? Is up for debate. Could have been another one of those today where it's just That's true. you know he's trying, you know, he's trying to pull the ball out while the running back thinks he has it. It drops. It happens. Um, you see it from time to time in these games. So, uh, yeah, you, you, that's a risk. Do you want to do that? But you need a guy that can maybe run around a little bit, and he can. So um, that's maybe where it is. But with Milton, uh, and Milton would still be my starter if I was the coach. Now, Josh Heupel, Joey Hosley, and Alex Kolish know a lot more about running a quarterback room than I do. But 
Um, I, I think they believe Milton is their guy, and I think the team kind of thinks Milton's their guy too. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's not a great situation to go to Florida with an un, unsettled quarterback situation like that. Um, it's not ideal, that's for sure. Um, and it's not, it's even less ideal to have the offensive line in the current state that it's in because you can't run the ball. It doesn't matter who's a quarterback because you're going to be in third and long all game. And that's a good way to get, it doesn't matter. Like I said, it doesn't matter who's back there. Teams are either going to drop four and rush seven and there's going to make you force some throws or they're going to come after you and, and get to you. So that's a recipe for losing. Um, uh, and, you know, that's, you know, yeah, that's just, that's the concern for me. Yeah. I think to your point there, I, I do agree that I think this team, and I, I'm not going to speak for them. I, I, I can just tell you the sense that I get from speaking with people, you know, whether it's on the record with interviews or, you know, maybe more importantly, when their guards down a little bit, you're talking to them behind the scenes, you're collecting strength, doing those things that, that we do as part of our job. I, I, I think that I, I get the sense that they look at Hooker and, and to a lesser extent Bailey, but but both of those guys, Hooker one and then Bailey two, as guys they're cool with and guys they can go play with and, and guys that they can run their offense with and they feel fine. But I, I think you're right. I think they believe Milton is their guy. And I don't know if it's just, you know, his 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 physical size, the 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 imposing kind of size that he has, his personality, which seems to kind of, you know, be a real um, you know, he's just kind of got that magnetic quality to him. Guys just sort of like being around him, and he's kind of carries himself ever since he's been on campus as, you know, like, this is my team, these are my guys. And, and that's difficult for a transfer player to do, even a guy who's got some experience. So I, I do agree. But but here, moving this forward before we step out of here, Pat, I, I think th- this is – it's an easy transition into talking about what I think is going to be a huge – point of discussion both throughout this week and going forward, which is this. And again, I want to say this carefully because this is not, if it were a complaint, I would tell you I'm complaining about this. I'm not. It's just a, it's just a note. It's just something, you know, it's, it's an objective thing that, uh, you know, it's a statement because of the way that there's three things at play here. One, Tennessee uh, coach Josh Heupel does not like talking about injuries at all. Even, in my opinion, more so than other coaches don't like talking about them, the average coach. He just doesn't like talking about them. Number two, they've got a lot of injuries right now. Not just like some of them are serious, but most of them are just kind of those frustrating, is this a couple weeks or is this a couple days, sort of what is this right now? And, and number three, actually it's four things. Number three, you don't have any practice access because the way the practices are structured after individual periods or after stretching, they go directly into team periods. And coaches don't like people, don't like reporters seeing team periods. They, they're fine with you seeing individual stuff. They don't like seeing that in the way Tennessee's practices are structured. They go kind of right from stretch into some team stuff during the, during the week. So that those combination of things. And then number four, they know what they're about to walk into in SEC play and some of the challenges that they have sort of with depth and and just with overall talent in some areas. And they don't want anything out there 
that they think could put them at a competitive disadvantage even more so. So when you put those four things together, you get something both with Milton, but really for the entire team, that's going to be a really big point of discussion, I think, all throughout the week, Pat, which is that there's a lot of guys who are really important, really, really important to what this team does. And we don't know if they're going to be playing. And we don't know if they're going to be playing a limited amount. Will they be able to start? Will they be able to play and then see how it goes? Or will they not be available at all? We don't know that. And these are guys like your starting quarterback, your starting center, who is so, so important in the offense, but especially in an up-tempo offense, your center is super, super important. Your, your inside, you know, your, your middle linebacker. These are guys who are, you know, two of your better offensive linemen. These are guys who are so important to what you're trying to do and would be a big part of the plan if they could play, and we don't know if they can play or not. Uh, I mean, I don't know if it's matter. It's going to matter. I mean, but no, in ter- Tennessee in ter- full it- strength has a – No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. You're, you're trying. Yeah, I mean, Tennessee, Tennessee full strength will have a, an uphill battle in this game. I think everybody knows that. Sure. Um. But, I mean, that, that's part of the game. I mean, injuries are going to happen. Cushions are going to be clandestine about it. So, um, I think they obviously need Cooper Mays back. They need Cade Mays back, too, if that's anything that might keep him sidelined. Um, and I think they need Juwan Mitchell back, too. Um, you know, and, and probably Jabari Small. I think he, you know, it, it's tough to put too much on the running backs because there's really not been a lot of running room so far this season. So, um, that that's, uh, yeah, that, that's going to add a layer of, of mystery to this game. And, you know, in some cases, I think they probably don't know if guys are going to play, right? I mean, sure, sure. if and you know, if, if a guy's questionable on Wednesday, he still might play or he might not play. So, um, you know, that that's a whole other whole yeah, other thing. I but, guess which is why I said not just for this week, but going forward, I think it's going to be a challenge, at least the way things are structured this season, because there's so many of those guys in such important spots that if we can't, it, it it's just hard to when you start doing matchup predictions and projections and, and how this will match up against that, when you have that many questionable situations, it's hard to start putting a puzzle together in your head, I think. Well, maybe it works out in Tennessee's favor and they use some uh, some secretive uh, preparation to get Florida off its game. I don't know. Sure, sure. And that's what they're going for, right? I mean, they're going for – I mean, it's the reason why that they were careful about what they showed going into the season was because they – they know that you could see tape of these Tennessee players playing, whether it was at Tennessee or other places. They knew that you could see tape of Josh Heupel's offenses from his time at Oklahoma and Missouri and at UCF. Uh, but they, there was no tape of them, of these players, playing this system for this coach. So that represents an area that, you know, is, is – it's a lot of mystery there. I mean, it's like going into the first game Tennessee plays Bowling Green, and Bowling Green – throws a wrinkle out there in the third possession and shows a lot of defensive looks that it had never showed last year. It had never showed before, and Tennessee was like, wait, what the hell's going on? And it took Tennessee the entire second quarter to really kind of figure out some of those things. So, yeah, I, I mean, that – but I think this is a game that they're Tennessee's facing an uphill battle in this game. But if some of these guys who can play, if they're or, or questionable, if they can play – I think Tennessee can go to there. I think Tennessee can score points on just about anybody if these guys are doing what they're supposed to be doing because this system I think works. It's just, you know, can they can they make more than a few 
you know, a couple big plays here and there? Can they sustain anything? You know, can they play well enough defensively to keep you in the game? Those are the sorts of questions I have. You know, can, can they defend Florida in space? You know, the, 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 these are things I'm not sure they can do anything about. But if some of these guys who are questionable can play, Pat, I think they can make plays. Yeah, and I think it's, you know, the injury situation, I think they probably held some guys out. Some guys could have gone today if they needed to. It was Tennessee Tech. I think they probably took precautionary approaches to some Agreed. guys. Agreed. Um, and, and, you know, regardless of how many guys they get back, I mean, this is a roster that we all said going into the season couldn't afford injuries. I mean, Hypo after the game was asked about his, you know, being worried about the offensive line. He's like, uh, being worried about the injuries on the offensive line. He's like, yeah, it would be, I am every year, but especially this year. And I think everybody knows that's the case that, you know, you lose K-Ron Calvert in the preseason. Cooper Mays gets hurt in the first half of the season. Uh, and then the second quarter of, of the Tennessee Tech game, you're, you know, Cade Mays is down, Kingston Harris is down. You're down to your uh, – probably your third option at guard because you're at left guard because your starting left guard is playing center because your center's out. You know, so um, – and that's that's a tough situation because they're not getting great play from the interior guys. And, um, you know, they're still getting – you know, that, that, that group's had a lot of penalties. Uh, they haven't run the ball very well, um, and that's not what you want going into SEC play where everybody is good on that defense line. Yeah, uh, and there, there's going to be a lot more to discuss this week. I mean, we've already gone just a few minutes longer than we normally would for a post-game podcast anyway, so I think we're going to go ahead and step away and get out of here. But, you know, the, it, it, here's the thick of it, guys. Here is here is SEC play. It, it's here now. Uh, just – a couple, you know, a couple hours after we release this, it'll be Sunday. It'll be game week for the SEC. Tennessee's guys are going to get 24 hours to celebrate this, and then it's on to Florida, as Bill Belichick might say. It's on to Florida, and, and now uh, things get real. I mean, I mean, mistakes will be magnified. Um, places will be tougher to play. You will be dealing with road noise. You'll be dealing with, you know, the athleticism. Here it comes. I mean, it's it's that time. It's 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 SEC play. It's why you get excited, right? It's why we love this stuff. So. We'll see how it goes. Pat, you got anything else? I'm good. Let's rock and roll out of here. I think that's a good thing to do. Let me go ahead and hit that button, and I will do that. Where is that button? There it is. Guys, thank you all for listening to this edition of the Go Balls 24-7 podcast. Thanks to Pat for joining us, but also thank you all for joining us. Really, really appreciate it. We always say it, but we always mean it. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Patrick Brown's P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. If you want just Tennessee news on your feed, nothing else, you can get that at Twitter, twitter.com slash govals247. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals247. That page is updated throughout the day, all day, every day, all kinds of good stuff on there. But if you want the most delicious, most crystal clear best just delicious east tennessee smoky mountain spring water right from the tap go get that at govals247.com the best site on all of al gore's internets to get coverage of tennessee football tennessee football recruiting basketball basketball recruiting those guys have a five-star guy in town this weekend tons of stuff there from grant ramey that we'll have over the coming days got tennessee baseball coverage lady vols coverage where maria cornelius does an excellent job covering all things lady vols for us there's a, a really good uh nico and uh, nikki anasicki story up today a brand new one there so tons and tons of good stuff there you got two forums that run round the clock all the time the checkerboard and the summit where you can come talk to us 24 hours a day seven days a week about anything that is not political or religious in nature any of it on the table go talk to us that's what we're there for you get all of that all of that that's like a couple dozen content items a day fresh stuff every day 
You get the, 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 the checkerboard. You get the summit. You get the best database in all of college sports, certainly. All of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That's all it costs you, and that's after a seven-day free trial. And if you pay us that money, which, again, is a really good deal, you get access in perpetuity to Paramount Plus, which used to be CBS All Access. Now it's Paramount Plus. Tons and tons of stuff on there. Every show CBS has ever made commercial-free. Tons and tons of stuff there. You get exclusive shows like Evil, Picard, all that good stuff. All of that, all that's on there. You get, you know, new movies every single month. Classic movies every single month. You get live stuff, live sports, live SEC stuff, NFL stuff. Obviously, Vol stuff, NCAA tournament, March Madness, UEFA Champions League, UEFA Europa League, Champions League. All, guys, all of these things, all of them. PGA Tour. Plus, you get stuff from the, the vaults of uh, MTV, BET, Comedy Central, Nickelodeon, and Smithsonian. That's a $100 plus annual value that we will put in your pocket for nothing. Again, no strings attached. Here it is. $100 annual value for free every year without question. So go take advantage of that. Go to GoVols247.com and you can get all of that. If nothing else, guys, you should hear from us by, oh, I guess you should hear from us Monday uh, to, to get Florida Week really started. So tons of good stuff there. So until then, guys, uh, keep those freaking hands clean. Wash, wash your freaking hands. Wear your freaking masks. Please get that freaking vaccine. Let's see the end of this football season. Let's see where it goes. Let's Let's actually have it. Let's do this. Please, please, everybody do your part. And if you can't do anything else, be nice to each other. See you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.